Ashley Brock here, and I don't normally do this, but I am going to skip to an important part because uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm skipping because it's just too harsh and I can't do it. It it it's it's too mean, and it's why I skip it every time I read this book. But after that, uh, Passion and I was Grace and everybody teasing and all that stuff. He got really bad COVID. He was ignoring her, and Grace went to tell him something about her past that she only told Jeb Blake and a bunch of other people and uh he thought she was chasing him and all that stuff and following around town and he got really cruel and really mean to her so she left town then she invited Rick Marquise there and she told Rick Marquise the truth which was was she was one of the serial killers that Garrett's following first victims when she was 10 years old so she was raped stabbed and strangled and left for dead but survived and so now it's this is where i'm taking off rick went to go talk to jet blake to get the file and he gave it to cash and now here's where i'm at the days that followed, garen went to work trying not to think about grace he turned out with everyone else to respond to a new bank robbery it was the same crew with automatic weapons this time they wounded a guard and a customer he came he gave his squad a prep talk and had four of them stocking out banks in the meantime. He coordinated with the serial killer task force organizing his cases and doled assignments out to his squad, escorting visitor Dick Cherry's around town, caught up with some of his paperwork, but his conscience still hurt about Grace. He could have been less cruel. She was like a child in so many ways. She wasn't used to people deliberately hurting her. Maybe it was like Marquis said. It was a co coincidence that she'd been at the same place as he was two weeks after she left town his brother cash called him one afternoon and invited him over to the police station why you're not at home he asked his brother with a smile when he walked into the office cash didn't smile back he was somber he closed his office door and sat behind his desk marquise flew to el paso to talk to our cousin jeff blake cash said his hands folded over him now for there was an attempted child murder here in Jakesville 12 years ago. It's identical to the case you and Marquise are working. The file was so hidden because Chet was afraid the man would come back and finish off the child if he knew she survived. Camera. The child leave. There's a witness. Yes, guess what? It's a tragic case. She was abducted out of her own bed and carried to an abandoned cabin just outside of town. She was held there for three days. Nobody knows what he did to her. She never spoke of it to anyone. Her injuries were life-threatening. She spent weeks in the hospital. There was a search for the perpetrator, but they never found him. He just vanished. The child was a girl. Yes, yes. She was 12 at the time, like your other victims. She had long blonde hair and light-colored eyes. Why in God's name didn't they share that information with the Bureau? Garen demanded hardly. It might have saved lives, especially with a living witness who could identify him. She was blindfolded, Cash said, the whole time. Shared his verse, his voice, that's all. But to cover it up, Jacobsville is a small town, and her people were powerful, he said. You know, Chet, he doesn't like confrontation. He was told what to do, and he did it. Against his better judgment, I might add. Karen let out of her. Whoa, what's in the vial? Is there anything about a red ribbon? Yes. Cash looked a file folder across the desk. He was watching Karen with an odd expression. Karen couldn't decide why until he opened the file folder and saw the first of the photographs that were taken at the scene of the crime and of the child at the time of her rescue. The little girl was pudgy, as children sometimes are when they reach the outer edge of adolescence. She was covered with blood. Her long blonde hair was matted with it. Her tank top was shredded like her cotton shorts. 
There was dirt on her legs and her bare feet. The next series of photos were taken in the hospital without her clothing. Her stomach showed multiple stab wounds. There were bruises all over her arms and legs. She had a black eye and her mouth was bloody. There was blood around the tiny pink buds of her breast. The damage matched that of a dead child Garen had seen at the autopsy, except that this poor victim had lived. Studied the photos and then turned to the lift the police report, which gave the child's name. Garen's breath exploded in the silence of the office. His heart seemed to stop beating. The child's name was Grace. Grace Carver. Memories flashed in front of his eyes. Grace, shy and afraid of him. Grace, let him pick her up. Why, fine eyes, Grace, clinging to him. Grace in his arms. In his bed, loving him, Grace. Hold his hand and radiating joys. Grace, crunching from a barber's cafe. The puzzle fell into place. Grace was innocent because she'd been abducted, assaulted, and barely nearly killed by a homicide maniac, and he made light of her experience worse. He seduced her and then pushed her out of his life like a man discarding a used towel. He put his face in his hands, trying to justify what he'd done to the poor, tortured soul. Out of his own fear that she was getting too close to him. God in heaven, he thought, Holden, what have I done? Cash wasn't blind. He heard the gossip about Garen and Grace, especially in the past couple of weeks since she'd been forced to leave town to stop the whispers. He and Garen weren't close, so he hadn't asked any questions. The man across from him and him didn't seem very arrogant now. Garen leaned back in his chair. His eyes were blank. He lost color in his lean face. The shock was all too apparent. He was trying to come to grips with his own actions. No wonder he'd been an outcast after his treatment of Grace. The poor people in this town knew the truth of what had happened to her. They were delighted that she found someone who could heal her emotional wounds, give her a little happiness. It hadn't been malice office about the two of them or an attempt to marry them off. It had been happiness that after all Grace had endured, she might have a lovely future to cover the pain of her past and said she'd been kicked in the teeth. One more time by fate, by Karen. Karen had let out those little breaths. Marquis wanted to tell you himself, cash mark after a minute, but I didn't trust him that close to you once you knew the facts of the case. Karen looked at his brother. You didn't know. Grace told no one. She gave him the details along with this file. Today, not one person knows what the animal did to her in the three days he kept her prisoner. He was remembering the dead child, the horrible mutilation of her young body. That should, that could have been Grace. She could have been dead instead of emotionally sexually crippled and left for dead. It was like a nightmare. Never thought of someone was a monster before. Was there any trace evidence? He asked Forston his numb brain to work. Yes. Bet my baton that the DNA will match what you found on your latest victim. DNA. He stared at Cash while the truth drilled a hole in his head. DNA. He's crowding together. Son of a bitch had raped Grace. He got up from the chair. A one powerful movement. Almost shaking with rage and self loathing. Cash got in front of him before he could start for the door. Sit down. Like I will. I said, Sit down. Cash pushed him back into the chair. Sit over him. Powerful movement. Remember who and what you are. He said, Forcefully, his dark eyes. He'd been. Steady on his brother. You can't go raging out of here like a mad dog chasing shadows. Don't even have a suspect. What are you going to do? One cheek swaps on every male Jacobs in Terror Counties. Said like that. It sounded absurd. But Karen wasn't thinking straight. He was furious. He wanted to hurt someone. He wanted to find the sexual predator and strangle him slowly with his own hands.
Couldn't remember feeling such mindless rage, at least not since he lost his own, though, so long ago, but he lived in the past too long already. He used to ward off any emotional ties to keep himself safe from another relationship. He was alone by choice, but Grace had paid the price for his escape. He'd savaged her to save himself. She would never forgive him. Stared up at Cash with dawn of realization. Grace had come out of the dark nightmare that was her life to reach out toward Garen with hope and breathless anticipation. He knocked her back, savaged her verbally and emotionally. He'd frightened her so badly in the cafe that she backed away from him, shaking like a leaf. He'd done that to her when he only cried once that she wanted to love him. His eyes closed on a wave of pain. Grace had sent Marquise to El Paso to dig up the most horrible chapter in her life. She'd done a knot for herself, but to try to save some other children from what she endured, she was willing to take that risk. That reopen the case might bring the killer back to finish the job he started. In a flash, he saw what he missed from the minute Cash gave him the file for her. Grace was the only person in life who can identify the child killer and sharing the case with police. My kid her killed as well. That's end of chapter 11.